Hi, welcome to my podcast, On The Grow. I'm Grace Lee. In the last episode, you heard me have a conversation with Amy Cedeno, the executive director and partner of CICPR. CICPR focuses on international travel and hospitality with offices in Miami and New York City. She talked about how the coronavirus has affected the agency working with clients. She shared travel trends we will see post-pandemic, and she answered questions that we are all wondering. When will it be safe to travel again? What are tips for traveling post-pandemic? She also gave examples of how brands are responding to the pandemic and what will come of travel in the future. If you haven't heard it already, you should definitely check it out. In this episode, I have a conversation with Jojo Rolf, a NASM-certified personal trainer based in the Washington, D.C. area. She's an online and in-person fitness coach who focuses on helping women grow stronger physically and mentally. Her clientele ranges from women who work full-time jobs in the D.C. area to full-time mothers, new mothers, and women who are also students. She shares her journey into starting her business, the mindset that we should develop when it comes to fitness, how her past experience shaped her into where she is now, fitness trends and new brands and opportunities that will emerge out of quarantine, and a really valuable tip for someone struggling to work out from home. Hey, Jojo. Hey, how are you? Good. Thanks for joining me on this episode. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to hear you talk about fitness because I've I've been actually doing a lot of it during quarantine, which is yeah. you know, something I've really been focusing on. So, yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Health is very important right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For sure. Well, the reason why I really wanted to hear your input on fitness is because there's a lot of, you know, things going on clearly with the coronavirus and people are wondering what's going to happen with fitness and where it's going to go. And, you know, memberships are closed, but fitness is still continuing to pivot in a way. And as a fitness trainer, and I know you're going to talk more about who you are um, in a minute, but as a fitness trainer, I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts. Yes, absolutely. have quite a few. And this um, time has given me uh, a lot of time to reflect and think about really what the future of fitness could be like moving forward after this is all over. So, um, and also really thinking about my own brand and my own business, how much that is going to be impacted as well moving forward and what the future of fitness overall may look like. Right. Tell me about your business. You know, what do you do, who you are? I am a NASM certified personal trainer and I am Mm -hmm. also a uh, prenatal fitness specialist. Um, so basically I work with women who work regular nine to five jobs here in the DC area. So a lot of professional women who may have positions that are within the government or of CEO status, they may be mothers. Um, and I also am now expanding my clientele to women who are going through pregnancy, who are, uh, new mothers and all that, because I really cater to, the women of our world to live a much healthier lifestyle, um, especially with, you know, corporate America and the way that working these very demanding 
jobs uh, mentally and physically most of the time, you know, it's very Mm -hmm. easy for women as they get older to begin to neglect their own health because a lot of things take priority in their life, such as their job, their kids, um, their overall family dynamic. And so it's very common for women in the working force to put themselves on the back burner. And it's really important that we help women to realize that you need to take care of yourself and have yourself as a priority so that you can continue to contribute healthier to other aspects of your life. So kind of making them realize that you cannot continue to give to others' cups if yours is empty. And once women have this realization, you know, they realize that taking care of themselves is not a selfish thing. They can then really start to implement healthier choices and healthier habits into their lifestyle. And that, you know, hopefully later on down the road, um, their quality of life improves. Uh, You know, they don't have any uh, risk of heart disease or obesity or anything later on. And that ultimately their kids can copy their, their own healthier habits and really see that you know, taking care of yourself is really important, not just for your physical health, but for, for your mm-hmm. mental health uh, as well. And I think right now during um, during all of this quarantine time when families are kind of being forced to no longer have to leave the house anymore to go to work, um, we're seeing a lot of um, a lot of parents spending more time with their families and they're kind of realizing that a lot of work that they do, for instance, if they are someone that works in a more professional uh, setting, like at a desk job, they are realizing that they can work remotely. And Mm -hmm. so I think that this could be a really great time for us to realize that, you know, this coronavirus quarantine situation can really make us realize that we need to be more present in our day. And that, you know, the emphasis on health, on all the aspects a lot of people's health is being affected right now by this. And Mm -hmm. it's just a really great reflection that even now more than ever and into the future, we need to take care of our health. Um, Mm -hmm. So I began pursuing my fitness certifications back in 2018. That was when I officially got my first certification, started my own business. When you started your business, had you been building it before or was it something like you just took a leap and you just went for it? It was a little bit of both. So I kind of tried to begin growing my own personal brand through social media, Instagram specifically, followed by YouTube, while working a nine-to-five job in the immigration nonprofit sector. And I didn't know the first thing about business. Yeah, I didn't know the first thing about business. Did not go to school for business. I went to school for international studies. Um, And even before then, I wanted to go to school for theatrical arts and cinematography, but that's a whole completely different story. <laughs> but um, wow. I went to college. Yeah, it's, it's like a whole thing. My career has changed literally throughout the entire span of my life, um, as we can see, because now I'm not even doing what I went to school for, but exactly. I don't regret it at all. Yeah. It just goes to show that you it's never too late to, to change your mind and really do what you want to do, um, which is beautiful. Yeah. So anyway, I started working on my personal brand through my social media platforms, but I did not see myself at the time becoming a certified personal trainer or becoming a coach. But I think it was really just because 
at that time in my life, I really didn't think I was capable of doing it. I didn't see mm-hmm. myself as somebody that people would pay money to give them fitness advice, give them nutrition advice. Why is that? I think it was really just me being in in my own way and putting these ideas of self-doubt in my mind because if you really ask anybody that knows me well, my parents, my close friends, my boyfriend, I for some reason have this horrible habit of sabotaging my chances before I even give myself a try. And I think it's just because for throughout my entire childhood, I always dealt with negative self-confidence. I was I grew up constantly being told by my peers at school that I wasn't good enough for X, Y, and Z reasons. And I think that always carried with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I kind of almost stopped myself from moving forward with something, even though I really want to do it, because Mm -hmm. I almost convinced myself, like, I'm going to fail. So what is the point? And I feel like everybody around me is going to be like, I told you so, this and that, like, you're ridiculous for thinking that way. But then I overwhelm myself with this feeling like other people who do go after that, you know, why am I then not as brave as that person? Or if I even try, I I can't be as good as that person. And then I get myself involved in the imposter syndrome. And it's just a really negative cycle. So I would say that and I really didn't realize what it was at the time, or what those feelings were at the time. But Mm -hmm. I know that that was it and why I kind of almost convinced myself, no, like I could never be a coach. I'm just going to have a fitness Instagram page and that's it. Well, one thing led to another and I slowly started to realize I no longer loved what I was doing at my nine to five job. And I realized I needed a way out. Um, and I was somebody that loved being creative. I was somebody that loved being vocal, being, being expressive. I loved being a support system to other people that I really cared about. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a try. Um, so I took on some guinea pig clients before I even got my certification. Mm-hmm. And so I actually had a few people reach out to me. And I was like, okay, this is really exciting. Let's see what we can do here. And so I just tried to I tried to teach myself how to put together a workout plan, how to run weekly check-ins, how to mm-hmm. do this and that. And one thing led to another and people started to see results. And I was like, oh, well this is pretty cool. So I finally bit the bullet and was like, you know what? I'm purchasing the program to get my certification. I nailed it the first time I ever took the test. And the, um, anybody who gets the personal training certification, usually NASM, N-A-S-M is one of the very top ones to get because it just, for a lot of reasons, it's the most, um, credible one in the industry. A lot of, uh, most gyms recognize it first and foremost above all the others. Um, And the test is quite difficult. It's not very easy to pass, um, but I was able to pass it on the first try. And so it kind of continued to give me verification. um, You know, maybe this is what I should be pursuing. And along the way, I was trying to figure out, okay, what is my next move to make this my full-time job? And so just one thing went to another. And 2019, I remember January of last year, I told myself, okay, this is the year that I'm going to leave my job. I was at that job for four and a half years. I wow. wasn't going to be promoted. I was, there was no room for growth. There was nothing. And mm-hmm. especially at the time in the industry I worked in at the time with the administration, my job was at 
risk of, you know, I, I was at risk of losing my job maybe four different times over. So there was no security really in the long term anyway. Um, right. I knew I needed to take the leap and, and do something for myself. And I finally made that leap in September. So just almost a year ago, not even a year ago, was when I finally left my job. You know, I left the security of a full-time salary, left the security of benefits, but I knew it was what I had to do. And I knew deep down I was going to be okay because I wanted it bad enough that I was going to make it work. In this process, like, are you still, you know, kind of self-sabotaging a little bit with this stage? Because I remember you said that, like, it stuck with you. Was that also a big factor during this time? Absolutely. A hundred percent. There were a lot of other areas in my life at the time that were going on at the same time um, mm-hmm. that really were affecting my my confidence and, um, you know, my, my fears of can I do this? Um, one of those reasons were that I ended my eight year relationship around the same time that I mm-hmm. left my job. What I like to think of it as was the end of 2019, specifically the last four months, were by far like the biggest shift I've ever gone through, um, if not in my adult life so far, in my entire life, because those decisions were made by me. And those were decisions that I had been sitting on for so long. And that mm-hmm. fear and self-doubt prevented me from making those moves. And so when I finally did it, and I realized those decisions were actually for the better, I, I was able to really realize like all the doubt and that fear has always been in my own mind. Like no one has been telling right. me, you can't do this. No one has been telling me like, you're going to be okay if you leave this relationship, if you leave your job. Like I was the only one that was telling myself that. And sure, I still will experience sometimes imposter syndrome in terms mm-hmm. of my creativity for my brand. Um, and I think especially more now with just the uncertainty of, you know, quarantine and we don't know when life is going to get back to normal. Um, right. I still will experience imposter syndrome and self-doubt because I almost feel like how can I possibly level up to the same level as other people in the fitness industry who are like behind the big brands? How, what can I possibly bring that's different? Mm -hmm. to convince other people to work with me versus somebody else. And that is still something I try to deal with every single day. But I I, I see it as I feel like I'm going to still experience that as my life continues to evolve, because I'm going to come across new obstacles, new challenges, and they're going to be new for me. So it's natural to feel self doubt when you're, you're coming across new challenges. But I just have to remember always that if I was able to make the decision to leave my secure full-time job and pursue something that wasn't secure and mm-hmm. leave the comfort of my eight-year relationship, even though it wasn't making me happy, to discovering there's other people out there that would be better for me, as long as I remember that and I remember that I was okay as a result of making those decisions, then I know I'm going to be okay moving forward in anything else I do. Right. And hearing your story kind of reminds me a little bit of my journey um, as well. Actually, it's pretty interesting <laughs> with the like leaving your job. Um, I also did the mm-hmm. same. I made that decision. And I feel like uh, we're really similar in some ways because I get 
in that mentality too, where I'm very critical of myself and it's like no one else is doing that. And I'm tearing myself down thinking I'm not good enough. So when you say that, I can really relate (laughs) to everything you said. And I think another thing while you were talking um, reminded me was I know like I, I watch a lot of like fitness trainers and I see people have these jobs And I think what stands out, you know, with you is that you are actually bringing your past experience into, you know, your work. It's not just about, like you said, helping someone get physically stronger, but like mentally stronger as well. And I think that's just as important because, you know, like our habits change based on like how we act and what we say and our behaviors, you know, I think that's amazing that that is how you are really going about um, helping your clients. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. And it it goes back to my purpose of why I decided to do this. It's just to remind people that we all start from somewhere. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm no different. And if I'm capable of pushing myself to be where I want to be, anybody else is too. Like I'm really not any different than anybody else. I, I didn't go to school for kinesiology or anatomy or anything. And um, I don't want to say self-taught because nobody is self-taught. But for the most part, I was the one that really gave myself the tools to make my life what it is now. Right. You sought after the things that you wanted. Yeah. And exactly. You, yeah. So I know you do online and in-person fitness. But, you know, with the quarantine, now that things have just gone virtual, what has that Mm -hmm. shift been like? Yeah, Um, it has not been um, seamless, of course. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Not all of the reason being is that not all of my clients transitioned to virtual training because they prefer to have that in Uh, that gym environment to motivate themselves, which is totally understandable. Like, you know, you go to the gym for one purpose and that is to exercise and work out. Well, you know, if you take that away um, and you don't know how to work out within the comfort of your own home, because it's where you live with your family and the environment's not the same, the vibe isn't the same, you know, people are not going to want to spend their time or rather their money working out from home. But I think the biggest challenge with that is trying to show people that they can exercise in a multitude of ways, not just in a gym setting. Um, Right. And for the most part, it it has been okay. I do have, I would say 70% of my clients have transitioned to virtual training. Um, And for those that have, they have really been um, enjoying it and seeing the results from it. So for you, is that an easier transition? Like moving forward, is that something you can see yourself doing more of? To be honest, I think so. Um, and here is why. I think I could see myself doing a mix actually because a, a great excuse for people to make it, for them to not go to the gym, not get in their car and drive there is that they don't feel like it. They don't feel motivated today because today's Monday. I had a long day at work. You know, it's 6.30 p.m. I want to have dinner. My kids need to do this, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't feel like I should go to the gym today. 
And while those may seem like really great reasons, you know, they, they can also be really excuses. We have a certain number of hours in our week, in our day, taking nearly like 30 minutes, even you can get a great workout in just 30 minutes. Um, you know, you're really only setting yourself back when you allow yourself to succumb to those excuses. And so Mm -hmm. if people have the opportunity to work out from home, so if, if they have the equipment available, if they have the program to follow, if they have, you know, uh, something that they have to, to do with, with their coach or their trainer, or if they have a set time where they're meeting with their trainer virtually, the excuses, I think, would be eliminated. Because if you give someone the tools to do it, you know, you, you'd like to think that a 10 out of 10% of the time that they would go do it. Um, that being said, it, it depends on the individual. But Mm -hmm. I really think that if you give the person the opportunity to still meet with a trainer virtually, as soon as they get home from work, all they have to do is just go to their living room, then I think that you might see people become more consistent with working out. Right. And hearing you say that, like, you know, giving people the opportunity, what are some fitness trends that we'll be seeing post-quarantine now? You know, since like people are changing the way they see fitness. Uh, yes, I think that you'll probably start to see more fitness influencers, personal trainers, online coaches, and brands begin to emerge with more online training programs, platforms, classes, what have you. And I also think you're going to start to see maybe even new brands come out of this. Um, a webinar I was actually watching yesterday talked about uh, females and the importance of strength training in terms of their their hormones. And something that they touched on was they, they went through all the fitness trends of all the decades. So they began with the, I believe it was the 30s. Um, and then it was the 40s when women had to start, you know, getting involved with the war. Then going into the 50s, the 60s, you started seeing jazzercise in the 80s, all the mm-hmm. diet fads in the 90s, and then 2000s and on is when you started seeing brands like Beachbody, P90X. Right. Um, so I think this time is no different. We're going to start to see brands really capitalize on the coronavirus, you know, but this is, again, corporate America, we're going to find an opportunity to capitalize on everything that we can. But it will be a way for people to, you know, care even more about their health or think more about their health and and staying in shape. Because if you have the chance to work out from home, why -hmm. would you not take that that opportunity? So I think that we're going to even start to see new brands come out of this and really focus 100% on the experience of at-home personal training. Um, So I think it might be a little bit different from your typical classes or your Mm -hmm. DVDs that you used to buy and, you know, use at home. But I think that you'll start to see brands even create their own equipment maybe. So if they purchase a program, perhaps you'll also get shipped to your door some dumbbells, a kettlebell, and all under their same brand. So 
I'm also really thinking that they're maybe even going to have their own trainers for one-on-one training if people want to pursue that option and just really overall see a lot of brands focusing on delivering the at-home workout experience. Right. That makes sense. How is that going to impact gyms though? I think gyms could also jump on that, not necessarily bandwagon, but I feel like I keep on using the word opportunity, but really everything Mm -hmm. moving forward out of this is technically an opportunity because really the human race that I know of at least has not really experienced something like, like this, at least to this extent. And we live in a world now that is completely digital. We live online. And so I think that if gyms are smart and they want to stay in business, they are going to extend that opportunity for trainers that work with them at the gym to also work with their clients online, virtually. The gym that I work at part-time, this is Mm -hmm. something that they are going to start implementing. They're already doing it now, but they're going to be implementing it moving forward even after the gym reopens. We are still going to extend the option for our clients to train from home. And how the pricing will be done is that Usually you have a set rate for an hour in person at the gym, but if you do virtually, every two sessions will count as one in-person session. So I think if gyms are smart and they want to continue to be in business, they will extend the uh, option for virtual training as well from their already hired trainers and current trainers. That's another thing. I think people are kind of confused when it comes to the... um orders like people think that when the stay-at-home orders are lifted everything is going to be okay and the same yeah, when yeah. in reality yeah. it's going to take months like there yeah. is no vaccine for this you know yeah. I feel like people are still very phobic of other people because of what yeah. you know this virus has put us through but like you said I think it is a good way for gyms to continue doing that um, allowing mm-hmm. people having that opportunity to not only try something new but also you know, give them a little sense of relief while, while they can still work out. Yes. So what about you? What are, what's, what are things that you've been doing, you know, in quarantine? I have been virtually training um, my clients. I, I probably have at least one or two people every single day. I probably would say mm-hmm. I'm doing consistently about 12 to 15 sessions right now a week. Um, wow. And that's, uh, that's a good thing for for me right now because it also still gives me free time to work on uh, content for my social media brands and really just trying to also use this time to to give myself like a like a mini vacation if you will because I remember when after I ended my uh, relationship just a few months ago I really made myself focus entirely on my work I, I made myself hit the ground running, no days off, and I got burnt out really fast. And so Mm. I'm taking this time to also really focus on self-care and also focus more on on my nutrition more than ever. I see. Have you learned anything about yourself or anything new since you've been in quarantine? Yes. I need to do a much better job at loosening my grip 
on the things that I can and cannot control. So I have gotten very, I don't want to say obsessed. I feel like that is a strong word, but I do not like the feeling of the unknown and not Mm -hmm. knowing when things may or may not happen. Um, And so I found myself, I would probably would say like maybe a month ago. So I would say the midway point of this whole thing, I was really starting to lose my mind in terms of, oh my God, when is life going to get back to normal? Like this and this and this. And I made myself so stressed out to where my body was responding negatively um, in terms of my digestion, my gut health. Uh, I was retaining a lot of water because my cortisol was so high. And so then in response to that, I tried to focus on the things that I could control, like my nutrition, my exercise, what I, you know, what I could control, but I was focusing on it a little too hard. So almost like I was having a firm grip on it, but I was squeezing a little too hard. (laughs) So there was Uh, really no happy medium with finding a balance between accepting the things I cannot change and focusing on what I could change. There wasn't really a balance between those two things. And so I've learned just how strong my personality is in terms of those things and that I need to do a much better job on relaxing and letting go. Right. I agree with you there. I also fear the unknown too. Mm-hmm. And it can really, I don't know, like there are days when it's good, right? Like you have good days and then there have been days where it's been really hard to deal with. And I feel like, yeah. especially during this quarantine, I've been up and down. I don't know yeah. if about, about you, but like, I've just, I hate it because it's like, I want it to be very consistent, just how, you know, that's how we yeah. operate as entrepreneurs. And I think it's challenged me more to be accepting of how I feel rather than just pushing myself all the time to be go, go, go. Yeah. So yeah. I think, Absolutely. yeah, this time has really um, forced us to slow down more than anything. Yes. yes, entirely. I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. So you mentioned your gym was doing, um, you know, pivoting in different ways with everything going on. Do you have any examples of other fitness brands that are also doing the same thing? Um, in terms of other gyms, um, I have not heard anything. However, I am aware of brands such as Gold's Gym and other ones like that offering free classes on their Instagram pages. So they mm-hmm. will usually have a trainer go on their Instagram live and deliver a workout for free at a specific time every week or twice a week or something. Um, Another thing that I know of is that brands such as Peloton or Nike, um, they are allowing people to access their workout programs on their apps for free, like up to three months or so. Um, So that's something else that people are doing. And I also know about F45, they are running a similar structure to the gym, I believe, where if they purchase a certain number of sessions, they will be able to attend the class virtually through Zoom, but they will also get equipment delivered 
to their homes from F45. That is basically like um, like for, for rent. And I know of other private gyms, they are actually renting out their equipment or their spin bikes to people um, to use during this quarantine. Oh, that's a good idea, actually. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. sitting there, you know, like, it, why not put it to use? Exactly. I see. And then you mentioned like the new brands and like fitness opportunities that will be emerging. You something about like at home experience kits. What do you think of that? I think that it would be a really great idea because if you were to provide people with equipment to use along with purchasing your program, they would have essentially have equipment in their home that would have your brand name on it. So what better way to become a household brand name than by providing equipment to people that they can own at home while following your workout plan? Right. Okay. I like that idea a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. Makes sense to me, um, at least. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I think that's, I mean, I think people here are now like really trying new things, which is a good, which is a good thing, you know? That's when you can reach more people in terms of um, working out. What are some valuable lessons that the fitness community has learned from the pandemic? Hmm, Some valuable lessons. In terms of like, oh, we should have done more of this, you know, before the pandemic, or this is what we need to focus on now. It seems like people are feeling resilient in ways, like stuff like that. The biggest thing that comes to mind is the sanitation of their gyms, because if you really think about it, gyms, in the past at least, had a reputation of being the place where all the big sweaty men went to, and who knows how much that place got cleaned. Um, If you really think about it, You Mm -hmm. probably went to a gym a few months ago and you didn't realize until now how many times do the weights and does the equipment actually get wiped down besides the people that are using the equipment if they wipe it down at all. And so I think that something that the fitness community has definitely learned from this is that if you want to maintain your business, cleanliness moving forward is 100% going to have to be your priority. Whether that means you're going to have to hire more janitorial staff just to be walking around the gym, cleaning equipment every single hour, having bathroom attendants to constantly be sanitizing the bathrooms, because let's be honest, bathrooms are probably a hotbed for germs. Locker room, you're going to have your saunas and your steam rooms. Who knows if those will be used anymore at least for the next two years um so i think just really focusing on sanitation is most likely the biggest lesson to come out of this for for gyms at least oh for sure oh yeah um speaking of gyms when do you think we'll be able to access them again i think it depends on the state Because from my understanding, beginning on Monday, Florida will be reopening their gyms. I know that Texas 
some major cities have already opened their gyms. Some gyms in San Diego have already opened. Um, speaking for myself, where I'm at right now in Northern Virginia, um, Northern Virginia, since it's considered part of the DC metro area, we are considered separate from the rest of Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the rest of Virginia, we were supposed to have our stay at home order lifted for phase one beginning May 15th. But now that has been pushed to May 29th. And gyms reopening are not part of phase one. And given that Northern Virginia is separate from the rest of Virginia, that probably means for us, we're not going to see gyms open up if they do at all. Uh, Maybe end of June, you're looking early July. And so they're trying to think, well, if we do reopen, what is that going to look like? We're going to probably have to have people sign up for time slots every hour. Um, Mm -hmm. We're going to have to have people constantly clean down equipment on every floor every hour. You know, what about masks? What kind of physical activity are we going to have to do where we have to have masks versus when we don't for breathing purposes and, you know, oxygen versus carbon dioxide, all that. You got to consider all those factors. So I would say it depends on the state, but then it also depends on the area of which you live in. If you live in an area that is in a major city, you are probably going to be seeing gyms open up a lot later. Um, And then if they do, given we don't have a vaccine, we may see gyms close again beginning October because the rumor is that this thing is the yeah, the rumor is that this thing is gonna come back for a second spread in the winter, which makes sense to me. So uh, it may unfortunately be a time where you may see a lot of gyms go out of business because again, if they're not optimizing the opportunity to offer virtual training to people, how else are you going to make money to reopen again in the future? That is so sad. I've seen a lot of restaurants going out of business at this time. Yeah. So it's been really sad watching that happen since we're basically being forced to find different ways to work out. And for me, at least I've been utilizing my outdoor space. Like I'm in my family home in North Carolina. And so um, we have a nice neighborhood to run around in. So I, mm-hmm. I go on runs. I'll use like my front yard to do uh, like ab workouts and stuff. And so the weather's getting nicer. And, you know, it's been interesting because I always liked working out in a gym. And so for me having to not have that, um, like the equipment and, and the mats. And I think it's like the environment of the gym that motivates me a lot, you know, like seeing other people working out, but having to change that like mindset has been, it's been a challenge, but it's also been kind of fun. Yeah, absolutely. It has been like a new, like a new challenge in a way. Yeah. And I I like it because it's like, it's different. And it actually made me realize like, oh, I don't need the gym. Like I, (laughs) you know, I don't need it. And it's a preference. Do you have advice for maybe someone who's struggling to work out at home right now during this quarantine? I would say if you are struggling to be motivated to work out at home, work out in a way that you would consider 
enjoyable and not how you think that you're supposed to work out. So if you were to go on social media right now and see a lot of people doing full body workouts with weights, or you see people doing outdoor circuits, like if, if that is not appealing to you, and let's just say simply driving somewhere and going for a hike is like good enough for you, or just hopping on your spin bike or your treadmill at home is like good enough for you, then do that. Because if that's going to be the thing that gets you moving at all, that's better than nothing. And I, I think that one of the, the biggest things that hold people back from working out in general is that because they don't feel motivated to work out the way that they're supposed to almost, or they, they feel like they can't get a good workout at home because they don't have equipment or anything, then they tell themselves, well, what's the point? Well, there mm. is a point, you know, the right. point is moving <laughs> and not sitting on the couch all day. Like that's the difference. <laughs> um, so yeah. just finding a way that is enjoyable for you and not, not in a way that just because you, you think that you have to. You're so right, because I was thinking about this. A lot of us, you know, because of social media, well, thanks to social media, we paint working out in a picture in a way that it's like you said, like it's supposed to be, but it's more of like what you're actually doing and not what it looks like. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so then it goes back to the whole imposter syndrome mm -hmm. of comparing ourselves to other people. So we think like, oh, I, I can't do this, that this person is exemplifying. Therefore, what's the point? And that's not a good place for us to be. And that just goes back to our mindset and really the way that we see ourselves. If we see ourselves in this negative light of, you know, oh, I haven't worked out for two months. I've gained 10 pounds by now. What's the point? of me starting to do anything now. Yeah. Well, there could be a really huge point. You know, you can either continue to gain another 10 pounds and gain mm -hmm. a total of 20 pounds, or you can at least get up and go outside and move and you'll be in a lot better position than you were yesterday. So really it's, it's kind of a situation where the choice is yours. Take it or leave it. Right. Here's a good, a good question to maybe end on that I think will be really helpful for a lot of people to hear. Since we're living in a world of social media and, and there's always this notion of comparison um, that's constantly on our minds, how can we stop comparing our fitness to other people's fitness on social media? I would say get off of social media entirely because a lot of people on social media while some of them have the intention of being helpful and posting content that is to be helpful and give someone motivation or give someone some insight as to how they should properly be eating or training or what have you. Um, other people, their intentions are more so for they just want to be a fitness influencer in general. They just want to be Instagram famous. And so they may be posting content that could come off as being well-intentioned, but you can tell who is posting for the sake of vanity. You can tell who is posting for the sake of trying to be Instagram famous and get sponsorships and whatever. 
And it's important for us to recognize that because if we're following people on social media, that they're posting content that is supposed to motivate us, but it's actually doing the opposite. And this happens a lot, which seems very counterintuitive. Like we're supposed to be motivated by what we're seeing on social media, but it's doing the opposite effect. It's making us feel like crap about ourselves. And why is that? It's because we're not following the right people. We're not paying attention right. to the right people and the right people are not getting enough attention. And this is a, this is something about social media that drives me crazy. The people mm. that deserve the attention and deserve the business and deserve the engagement are the people that the people are not paying attention to because the other people that are getting the attention, you know, for, for lack of a better word, are posting for the vanity and they are the people that look a certain way the people that look the same yes. way, you know, and, and this is why social media has grown to be such toxic level to it. There is some positive with social media, but there is that negative aspect as well. And it's because we're allowing really anybody to just create a profile and say, Hey, I'm an Instagram coach. And here is why, because I look good, even though this is actually my genetics, I just started going to the gym yesterday. Here is my ab workout. And that exactly. is not healthy. <laughs> that is oh, not healthy Jojo, for the you general population. Have, you have no idea how like that frustrates me just as much. Yeah. And hearing you say that, I'm like, yes. 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 And I continue to see people every day promoting themselves as a personal trainer or a fitness coach when they didn't go to school for it or they don't mm -hmm. even have a certification. Just because you have 10,000 followers plus on Instagram does not mean you are a credible source to have someone pay you to teach them how to work out and how to eat. And that is the biggest thing that drives me nuts about social media. So Exactly. I feel like we could have an entire podcast episode on this about numbers and worth on social media. We really could. And I would so be down. But yeah. to circle it back to the question, get off of social media. Because if you are feeling guilty about not looking a certain way, if you're feeling guilty about not working out a certain way, you're not following the right people. So either go through a social media cleanse or get off of social media until this whole thing is over. Maybe ask yourself why you're feeling that way. And if that it is, too. if it's because if it's someone else or if it's because it's something internal that you need to work on. And it could be a combination of both. It could be something that you're feeling internally. And so you're allowing the people that you follow to kind of make you feel that way. Almost like a mirror. You are yeah. seeing your insecurities in somebody else. So it's exactly. kind of almost like a mirror. The two go hand in hand, I feel like. You can't, so like, for instance, if you follow somebody that looks great, they have a successful business, they're a fantastic person, they have a gorgeous puppy, they're engaged, whatever, and mm -hmm. you feel happy for them, you feel like this person is amazing, you suggest everyone to follow this person, but somebody else could have those same things and they make you feel insecure that kind of goes back to what I was saying of identifying who are the people that are in it for the good of helping other people and helping to motivate other people and who's in it to 
for the for the vanity and for the popularity. Most of the time, the people that are making you feel that way are probably not the people that you should be number one following and number two giving your your money and your engagement to. I think that's a good exercise. Maybe we should end on this note. <laughs> it's yeah. a good exercise <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. for people to even do during this quarantine is like actually go through and think about who you are following and why you are following them. Yeah. Boom. Exactly. <laughs> You're welcome. First, quarantine activity. <laughs> exactly. Some quarantine homework. And if the and if one of the answers is not because this person genuinely motivates me to be a better person, unfollow them. If you are not inspired by their content, unfollow them. Yeah. I was going to say, can we just like, um, just keep having this conversation and forget we're recording? I am <laughs> totally so down. fun to talk to you. Let me go get a <laughs> cup of coffee and we can continue. <laughs> One hour, two hours. It's fine. One hour, two hours, exactly. <laughs> um, well, I just want to say, first of all, thank you so much for the wonderful advice. I think this is so helpful. And where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram at ojojo with three H's. That is O-H-H-H, Jojo. And then they can also follow me on YouTube by my name, Joanna Rolf. So if you want to get in touch with Jojo, I'll include the links in the description box below and you can reach out to her for one-on-one customized virtual personal training. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you for joining me, Jojo. Of course, Grace. Thank you so much. I would love to do this again. It was so much fun. Absolutely. Be sure to follow along and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Stay tuned and keep listening to the next episode in the series where I have a conversation with Lonnie Sean, a brand stylist based in New York City. I've known Lonnie for more than 10 years. We go way back since high school. I share more of that in the episode. Lonnie talks about his brand, Part-Time Fab, fashion trends we'll be seeing post-quarantine, and what to expect from the fashion industry moving forward, what's to come for fashion weeks, how fashion brands are responding to the pandemic, and more. Thanks for tuning in.